Hey guys, thanks for swinging by our podcast today. We hope this message leaves you encouraged and filled with hope and that Christ and His goodness is meeting your every need. Isn't it good? You show up to church and the Lord's here. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. I, f- I felt led this morning. I felt led this morning that I- I'd like to... Um, I want to talk about, we're going to talk about praying. We, we partner with the Lord. We partner with the Lord by bringing heaven to earth. And, and, and that's based out of, that is based out of 1 Corinthians 3, 9, which says we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And so we, we partner with him to bring heaven to earth, and, and it's our responsibility. I actually believe, like the Lord's sovereign, like the Lord is sovereign, he does what he wants to do, and, um, but there's a lot of responsibility up to us. And, and when it comes to revival, I believe especially, uh, when it comes to this stuff that the Lord desires to move, he's just looking for people that want him to move. And then, not only is he looking for people who want him to move, he's looking for people that's willing to pay the price for him to move as well. Because it's, it's, it's almost as if you earn the Lord's trust. And so, so when we co-labor with God, we're saying, Lord, we're going to do whatever we can to see on earth as it is in heaven. We're, we're going to begin to see heaven in our homes. We're going to begin to see heaven in our neighborhoods. We're going to begin to see heaven all around us. And so we're going to do whatever we can to partner with you. Now, we do that. We do that by beginning to pray the prayers that the Lord wants us to pray. And, and we make joke all the time about, you know, the few times we pray is we pray the bless this, you know, bless this meal and nourishment of my body. And then we pray the prayer of, uh, before we go to bed. Or we pray prayers like, let me have a good day. Like we say stuff like that. Lord, let, let me have a good day today when I'm at work. And I'm not negating the importance of those kinds of prayers. I'm just saying there's more to that if we're going to begin to see the Lord move mightily here on earth, okay? All right. And so we partner with him by leveraging heaven and praying prayers that literally shake the foundations of earth. John 16, 23 and 24 is is where we're going to spend our time this morning. It says, in that day, you will not question me about anything. Isn't that something? In that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, If you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have not asked for nothing. I'm sorry. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy will be made full. It's like, why do we ask? So that our joy may be made full. Why do we ask? So that the earth may experience the joy of the Lord. That's what, that's what it is. I believe that the Lord is calling us to be a people that have, if you will. He says, you do not have or you have not because you ask not. And I believe we, we, the Lord is calling us to be a people that have. That a people that possess. Now, before you get weirded out, I, I'm just going to say the Lord desires to bless his church. The Lord desires to bless believers. 
Why? So that we can redistribute whatever he gives us. He desires to bless us with hope. Why? So we can redistribute hope. It's like, I want to be filled with hope. I want to have hope, right? I want to have joy. I want to have peace because it's illegal to give anything away that you don't rightfully own in the first place. And while we're at, we pray for resources. We would like to have resources. Why? So that we can meet people's need with the resources that we have. Why should the enemy have, I'm sorry, and I'm just being, why should the enemy have all the resources? <laughs> I just assume we had them so we could give it away and have his kingdom expand and grow. Like, I don't ever want to turn someone away that has a hungry belly, right? Or if a need arises up in the fellowship of believers, I, I'd like to be able to just call Jeff and say, Jeff, I don't even want to have to say, do we have this? I want to say, I need this. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's just the way we want it to be. And that's not being arrogant. That's not being greedy. That's saying there are needs that some needs are only met with build. So we're saying, God, we would like to have, I believe the Lord desires to bless his church. We are a people of promise. We are a people of promise. Like that, that, that's your job description. Or that's who you are. We have a promise. We have a covenant keeping God. And the word covenant, for lack of a better way, covenant, the most basic way to describe it means that, that he is obligated to fulfill everything that he promised. But we're also obligated to fulfill everything that we have promised, which is the surrender of our life. And if we keep our in, he most certainly keeps his in, right? It's, it's this, he, he just, he's going to. We're a people of promise. It says, in that day, you will not question me about anything. It means, it means you won't search for answers and you won't beg and you won't urge God. Prayer is not begging the Lord. It's not. You're a son and a daughter and sons and daughters don't have to beg. You don't have to beg. You don't have to cajole. You don't have to build a case. Sometimes if we're praying, it's, it's like truthfully, sometimes when we pray, it's like we're lawyers in a court trying to make our appeal and we build a case and say, it, uh, it, it, like when we pray for healing for people, and, and I do this sometimes too, but I, when we use Karen, for example, I'm going to be like, if I'm going to pray for healing for Karen, I don't have to say, I'm like, I may say this, I may say, she's anointed, she's gifted, she serves you, God, and, and she, she's, she's been in the church, she's done this, she's done that, she's done the other, would you touch her? And, and while all of that's true, Sometimes we say those things because we're trying to convince the Lord into answering. You already have an advocate. You already have a mediator in Christ Jesus. He's ever interceding on our behalf right now. And right now, this is what's amazing. He's seated on the throne pleading mercy, mercy. Mercy. When he's interceding for you, that's what he's saying. Mercy over Michael. He made a mistake today, but mercy. I plead my blood over him. I plead my blood over them, Lord. Mercy. Mercy. Or hear their cry. Your son and your daughter. He's going, he's covered by my blood. He's covered by my blood. Hear his prayer, Father. That's what he's doing right now. And so, so, so we don't have to convince him into anything, okay? You don't have to try to talk them into anything. Years ago, April, April tells the story every so often. Years ago, it must have been like eight years ago, I got my first iPad. 
And like, I don't want a lot of things, but I really wanted one. And, and April will tell you, when I want something, like I obsess over it. I really want one. And I was trying to build a case on why I needed it. And so she was the worship leader at her church, and she came and turned on the computer screen. And at the, at the screen on the church, the great big back, there's this great big picture of an iPad on the, on the church screens so every time that she turned the computer on. I was trying to build a case. <laughs> I was hoping she'd get the hint. <laughs> you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You know what I really learned? And while this isn't the same with the Lord, I think it is to a degree of principle. If I want something now, I just, I just ask her and just say, I'd like to do this. And she loves me and she trusts me. And the same thing with her. I love her and I trust her if she really wants something. If we can do it, we'd go do it. And with the Father, it's he loves you and he does trust you. And if it lines up with his will, he wants to do it. Does that make sense? Amen. <laughs> so you don't have to beg him. You don't have to beg him. He says, truly, truly, which really means believe me when I say this to you. If you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Yeah. Ask means to request. And, and it could also mean demand. But it's not like, I demand this. It's more like understanding what is rightfully yours and just saying, I, I sh that's mine. Because all the promises are a yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And so, so it's, a, it's yes, it's a legal claim. It's, a, it's, it's almost as if you're just saying that rightfully belongs here. And since it rightfully belongs here, it just, it, it just need, I'm just going to hold to that until it comes to fruition. And he says, ask me for anything in my name. Anything means something indefinite. So it, it actually means anything. <laughs> like you, if you can think of it, you can ask for it. Now, again, I'm not, now again, we're not talking, and you hear me joke about this. We're not asking for a brand new pickup truck to be sitting out there. Although sometimes people need brand new pickup trucks, okay? Or new to them at least. But nonetheless... We're not asking for it to be sitting out there. But he says, if you ask for anything in his name, he will do it. Now, in order to have, you have to ask. Like, that sounds so simple. In order to have, you have to ask. Like, he says, until now, you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. Some breakthroughs have not happened because we have never asked for the breakthrough. Like seriously, some, 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 some breakthroughs have not happened because we have not asked for the breakthrough. I'll never forget it. It was, it was probably 2000, 2007, 2008. I was working for a man named Randy Ford. And, and, and it's no secret I'm not, I'm not mechanically inclined. I'm not handy. And, and I can preach and I can read. I mean, that's, that's like my, my skill sets. And I was also a beard model one time, so that's the other thing. I had a flat tire on the side of the road, and I had like five people drive by, drive by, drive by, and then they, the people get out and say, do you need help? And I'm like, no, I don't need any help. And I think I need lots of help, right? 
And finally, I asked someone to help me. I sat there for like three hours trying to get this thing. I couldn't figure it out, how to get it jacked up. And I actually put the jack in the wrong place, and, and that was why I couldn't get it. And then I got in the bind. But anyway, sometimes you don't receive what you need because you're too prideful to ask for help. And it's the same thing with prayer. Sometimes we really need the Lord to move, and we're too prideful to ask him for help. It's like, I can do this on my own. And he's like, I don't want you to do it on your own. I want you to do it with me. <laughs> he says, so if you ask for anything, <laughs> you'll end up getting it. And, and, and the, earth isn't, the earth isn't waiting for us to just be like, it's coming sometime. Things are going to get better sometime. The earth really needs believers that are going to say, we need you to come, Lord. Will you please come? He says, until now, you've asked for nothing in my name. In other words, up until this point, you have not asked or demanded for anything, not a single thing in his name. Now, there's power in Jesus' name. So when we say, when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus, right? And, and, And that's not some hocus pocus thing we put to the end of a prayer to kind of make it work. The reason why we pray in Jesus' name is because we are essentially saying, and not essentially, we are stating, when I say, you know, I I pray that you would touch them today, in Jesus' name I pray, I'm saying that if they receive a touch, it's not because I'm doing something, it's because he's going to get honor and glory if he does it. And so when we say in Jesus' name, we're essentially saying we're citing the source. Like if you've ever written a paper and you had the site where you got your information from, we're citing where that came from. And, 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 and during this time especially, there was many false gods and many people prayed to different things. And, 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 and they, would, they would say in the name of who they were praying to. And so they were essentially stating who was the reason or who was the force behind the power or who was behind the power. And so when we say in Jesus' name we pray, we're stating it's coming from him. It's not coming from us. There is no question. It's from Jesus, okay? And I've been asked stuff like that too. When we lived in Louisiana, I would pray for people and they would say, in whose name are you praying? Because there's lots of stuff there. And essentially you want to know like what power is it coming from? And again, we are citing the source, okay? We are citing the source. And I do not want to be accused. I do not want to ever be accused of, I guess, plagiarism. Is that the right thing to say? I don't want, people, I don't want to take credit for something that he did. <laughs> I want to do it. So there's power in his name. So when we pray, we're saying, Jesus I'm going to ask you to do whatever this is. And since I'm praying in your name, I'm recognizing the power comes from you. And I'm also, Lord, giving you the honor and the credit and the glory that your name deserves because people's going to know it's you is the reason why things changed. So why don't we ask? This is a real simple message today. Why don't we ask? Why, Why don't we pray? Miana, I, I think we don't pray sometimes because of fear of disappointment. 
you prayed a prayer and it didn't get answered. Or you're afraid it won't get answered. And I'm not going to pretend, I, I, I will not pretend to even understand why sometimes we see the hand of God move. I'm not going to pretend why sometimes I've gone to a hospital and I've prayed that Lord heals someone and they get healed. And then I've went to the hospital and prayed for someone to get healed. And a few days later we had a funeral. Like I'm not going to even pretend to know those answers, okay? But it doesn't matter. He's still king. He's still king. And, and that has to be good enough. And so if he's king, and if we're praying in his name, and again, we're not hocus pocus, throw it at the end of the line, Jesus' name. That's not what we're doing. We're saying in Jesus' name, we're believing he gets the honor, credit, and glory. That's where it's coming from. But, but when we, if we're, if, I'm just saying, it's, 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 it's his, his name that's at stake. It's not your reputation. It's not, it's not my reputation at stake. I've prayed for lots of people, and I've looked really silly sometimes. And it, it doesn't make a hill of beans what I look like. It really doesn't. Because it's not my reputation. It's his. And I promise he wants to back it up. Actually, Jeremiah says that he watches to, with, to make sure his word is fulfilled. And so, so it's his responsibility. I just need to begin to agree with what he wants to do. I will not allow disappointment to keep me from praying bold prayers. Like, that sounds so simple, but it's just the truth. Sometimes we're afraid. Well, I don't know if I should pray that. Well, if, it's, if you know his will, it's, his will is his word. But if you know that, then you can pray that. He wants you to agree with him. I don't know what to ask for. That's another reason why we don't pray. I don't know what to ask for. That's a legitimate thing. Psalm 37, 4 says this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So if you delight yourself in the Lord, what are the desires of your heart? Really the things that you're praying for. So what is, let's just break this verse down because this isn't, again, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give me anything I want. That's not what it's saying. It's saying something completely different. It says delight yourself. Delight means to pamper yourself in the Lord. That's amazing. Pamper yourself in the Lord. It means to refresh yourself and the Lord. And that's why it's so important to get alone with him. And that's why it's so important even this morning. Like our pre-service prayer time, it's really not a time to say, it's really not a time where we're asking God to do a lot of stuff. It's actually a time where we're beginning to delight ourselves in the Lord. And that's why you have some people just sitting up here grinning, like really, really grinning and smiling. Why? They're delighting themselves in the Lord. They're pampering themselves in the Lord. I mean, what does pampering look like? I mean, for some of you ladies, it's, it's like you go and get your nails done, your feet done, you know, and you get all that stuff. And, 
and, and, and they, they take care of you and, and you, you enjoy what you experience when they do it. So when you come into the Lord and you begin to delight yourself in the Lord, it's like, I'm going to enjoy being in your presence. Nothing else really matters except for that you are here. And so like, I can sit here, I can sit here and just close my eyes and I can look up and I can just think, I say, I can just think, I can just be like, you're so good and I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy. Like I looked around and I see people up here praying and worshiping. And I'm like, Lord, I am taking so much delight and pleasure in this by you doing this than I would than I would a line out the door of people trying to get into the space. I, I, I take so much delight in you just showing up. I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm so thankful that you're good. I'm so thankful that you love me. I'm taking delight in the Lord. And, and it's like, and when you begin to take delight in the Lord, it seems so counterintuitive because we think if I get my need met, if I get my question answered, then I'm going to be okay. But the word teaches opposite. It says, if you begin to thank him before the breakthrough comes, or if you begin to delight yourself in him, even when all hell is breaking loose, it says, then he begins to give the desires of your heart. And what's amazing is the more that you stare at the face of the Lord, the more he transforms you into his likeness. And as he transforms you into his likeness, you end up looking more like him. It says that he gives you the desires of your heart. Well, how, how can I look at a holy God and bring my selfish desires before him? It doesn't work that way. It's like, foo, foo, foo. And he begins to transform. I love sound effects today. But he, he transforms your heart and he begins to give you new desires, which so happen to be his desires. And so then he's like, I'm delighting in him and I begin to desire what he desires and he ends up releasing the things that he desires. That's the whole, whole, whole point. It, it, when he says that he gives, it means that he says, here, he hands them down. Understand? Like he hands them down or he sets them in place. Like I love that, that, that picture as well. I'm going to delight in the Lord. I bless you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I'm happy to be in your presence. And he's like, oh, by the way, here's your desire. He places it before you. It's almost like he spreads out a banquet table, right? He just says, here you go. I've said it. It's yours for the taking. Desires means things requested, things asked for, and things that are necessary. There are some things that are necessary that will never, ever get released here on the earth unless we begin to delight ourselves in the Lord. I'm feeling all kinds of good. There are, there are things that we absolutely need. There are answers to prayer that we absolutely need that will never, ever come unless we can learn to delight in the Lord. And delighting may look different for me than you, and that's okay. I think delighting, delighting for me, and for me, I just think it's an awareness that he's here, and I don't need to do anything else other than just be thankful that he's here. That's it. And I'm not going to rush to move on. I'm not going to rush to, I'm going to linger in this moment. I'm going to wait to do this move forward it's it's like and, and and it's i don't get in a hurry i don't get in a hurry now sometimes we're pressed for time i get it but if you have time don't rush through it if he's there just sit there and enjoy it 
Very practically, you may need to leave your cell phone in the other room so you can delight in the Lord and not be tempted to scroll through Facebook and what someone else shared from their delight time with the Lord. Thank you. And you begin to give me the desires of my heart. That's Ezekiel 36, 24, 25, and 26, I think, uh, in action, which says that he removes our heart of stone and he gives us a heart of flesh and he will be our God and, and we will be his people. He ends up writing his desires and his word in us. It's just this amazing, amazing thing. Now, he says you have not because you ask not. Now, I want to point this out. Asking isn't timid asking either. Like, have you ever asked your parents for something? And you're like, Mom, can I have this? And everyone knows what I'm talking about right there. If you've had kids, you know what I'm talking about. Now, if we're honest, how many of us as parents or grandparents, if your child comes and asks you for something within reason, are you going to tell them no to teach them a lesson? You're not going to do that. If you do that, you're just cruel. And he's not a cruel God. Okay? How many of you have kids or, or kids or grandkids that if they came and they asked you something, that you would, again, if it's within reason, you're going to be like, okay, here you go. You, you, I, I believe most of you are going to, Okay? And so it's not a timid asking. And it's not like, and you may even get annoyed when your kid comes and asks timid, like, oh, they're, you know, if your kid just says, oh, they're going to tell me no before I even ask, right? Like, like it just, it's like, it's bothersome, right? It's like, you didn't even give me a chance to tell you yes or no. You just decided I was going to tell you no to begin with. No, that's not our nature. Like, as a father, I want to bless my kid. I'm going to bless my son if I can. If I have the ability, I'm going to do it. Even if it costs me something, I'm going to do it. I believe it's the same because his nature is becoming our nature. And, and if his nature is becoming our nature, or if we're becoming transformed into his image, I believe that's the Father's heart. That's his heart is to answer. It's, you know, it's, and, and I can't quote where it's at, but it's, it's in there. It's red letters. But, but if, 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 how many of you, if your kid asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion, right? You, you're just not going to do that. You're going to give him an egg. It's, it's just what the word says. So it's not timid asking. Second Corinthians chapter six, uh, verse 16, it says this, or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I love that. He dwells in us and he walks among us. This beautiful, beautiful picture. <coughs> he says, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 17, 617. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate. He means be holy, says the Lord, and touch not what is unclean and I will welcome you. And I love this, verse 18, 618. And I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. I'll be a father to you. If he takes up residence in you, and if you walk with him, he says, I'll be a father. 
And again, if you're a son and a daughter, you don't have to beg. Everything that belongs to your mom and dad is yours. Everything, everything that belongs to our heavenly father is ours by birthright if you've been born again. And so here's this picture of this loving father that says you don't have to beg, you don't have to cajole, you don't have to even do, you just receive what is yours. I mean, it's as simple as this. It's, it, it's, it, it, it's like this, like Ethan, for example, like April has a pantry full of food and goodies and, and he's allowed to go in and get something if he wants it. Why? Because it belongs to us and it's his. And so when we pray, we don't have to say, can I please have it? It's, it's, I think there is a moment to say please, but, but I think there is a moment to say, I'm a son or I'm a daughter. And that answer actually belongs to me because I'm believing for on earth as it is in heaven. And so, so I'm going to say this. When I, when I pray for someone that's sick, I'm going to be, and I may not articulate this out loud, we all be like, Lord, there's no sickness in heaven, and I'm your son. And so I'm praying that you move through your son and bring the answer to here, right? It's like that. Or when I'm praying for revival in our city, I'm saying, Lord, I think heaven's perpetual revival because there's 24-7 worship, and there ever be being renewed, right? And so I'm going to say, Lord, would you send revival here to the earth for no other reason than I am your son or I am your daughter, and I believe it's our birthright to begin to experience this and walk in this. I'm not going to live my life as a pauper. I'm not going to live my life as an orphan. I'm going to believe that I have a heavenly father that loves me, that desires to bless us and desires to move through us so that he gets the honor and the glory and the credit when things change. See, it's time to stop begging, if you will. I think there's a posture of humility, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, Matthew 5, 3. There's a, there's a posture of living with a beggarly spirit, but it just means to live in perpetual hunger. It's not saying, please, 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 please. It's like, no, I believe you're good. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. May it be so, Lord. May it be done according to your word. Again, I, I think there's lots of answers. I th- if, 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 if I could articulate it like this, I believe there's lots of answers in heaven that's waiting for us to just go. Not. <laughs> right? Right? It's like if you're seeing if there's an electric fence or not. <laughs> no, it's... It's just grabbing hold, man. It's just grabbing hold. Now, now, it, 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 sometimes you got to grab hold and grab hold and grab hold and grab hold and grab hold. It's like, how do I know to pray until he answers? And if he begins to write his law on your heart, you're going to know what to pray. And if you begin to pray, you're going to know what to pray. And, and, and if he doesn't answer, if he says no, stop praying for it. <laughs> if he says no, stop praying for it. But if he doesn't answer, that doesn't mean no. That's permission to continue to pray and ask. Sometimes, by the way, sometimes delayed answers, delayed answers are not to be cruel, by the way. Delayed answers is actually because we may not necessarily be mature enough or ready for that answer in that moment. 
Think of this. Think of this. Like, like again, I'm using our children as examples. If your kid said, "I'm four years old. I need the keys to the car," you're going to be like, "No." <laughs> right? Why? Because they're not mature enough to handle that level of responsibility. But when they turn 16, you'll be like, well, I'm going to go with you for a while. No one's allowed to ride with you, and we're going to drive back country roads so you don't kill anyone, right? That's what my folks did with me. Sometimes delayed answers is because the Lord wants to develop something in our heart so that we're ready for it when he finally answers it. It's like when I was first called in the ministry and the Lord gave us a word that we were called to be lead pastors. And it took like eight months of waiting for that to happen. We thought, oh, I'm called to do it. It's going to be time to do it. And the Lord just, it didn't happen that way. We've told the story. I actually had to, we went through a time of prayer and fasting. We, we had a church offered to us and we, we felt like the Lord said, turn it down. And then we're like, well, something good must be on its way now because we turned it down. And then when no one called us, and we began to question everything. We were in a time of a three-week time of prayer and fasting. And on day 13, I just told the Lord, I'm done. If I'm never a lead pastor, if I misheard you, it doesn't matter anymore. I'll be an associate pastor till the day that I die. And on day 14, Greg Mason calls me, the DS of Louisiana at that time, and says, I have a church for you if you would like to be the pastor. It's actually an appointment. And by day 21, we had accepted the pastorate to go pastor in Natchitoches, Louisiana. And I believe it was because the Lord had to do something in our heart, or my heart in particular, that I would not be arrogant about it and I had to be willing to give it back to him so he could give it to me again. Sometimes he needs to mature us so that we're mature enough to have the answers to the prayers that we're asking for. And so and I'll even equate it to this. Like we believe the Lord's called us to win a city, right? We believe the Lord's called us to start other works around the place. We believe the Lord's called us to equip ministers and send them out all across this nation. And the first year, I mean, be honest. I mean, there was some nights on some Friday nights, there was like seven, eight people here. I mean, it's truth. And like, I'm trying to be faith-filled, and so you guys don't think I'm nuts and wondering what on earth are we doing. But you know what the Lord had to do? The Lord had to do a work in my heart. I believe it. The Lord had to do a work in my heart because even at that time, I, I was so, I was so concerned with how many seats or empty seats were in here, and I was neglecting to allow him to move and form my heart in the way that he wanted to. And the moment I said, "I don't care one bit." I'm going to be faithful and pastor this group of six, seven, eight people. And if it means I'm going to pastor this group of six, seven, eight people to the day I die, then may it be till the day I die, Lord, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And you know what happened then? People started coming in. People started getting calls to move. Someone's mother comes in for Mother's Day. And we give her a picture. And she says, you all need to come check it out. I mean, just stuff like that. It's not because of us. It's because of him. Right. So he has to mature us sometimes. So delayed answer isn't no. It's not yet. Okay?
I like this, by the way, asking, it, it seems so counterintuitive. Asking actually leads to more joy too. He says, ask and you will receive so that your joy may be made complete or so that your joy may be made full. I'll be honest. I don't know why I ask rhetorical questions. <laughs> Some of us have a deficiency in joy because we're not asking enough. Some of us have a deficiency in joy because we never declare the promises of God. Some of us have a deficiency. Deficiency, we're lacking. Some of us are lacking in joy because we never decree what the Lord wants to do. Ask and you will receive. Ask, it's, it, it's a present imperative. It means, it implies continuous asking. So my continuous asking, my continuous asking, my continuous asking, my, let me just say this, my continuous asking of the Lord to send revival to this city and to this church, my continual asking, my continual asking, my continual asking, my continual asking actually leads to more joy. You know how it does? Because as you begin to ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and ask, you, I believe you actually, it, it's like it heightens your senses to a degree that you begin to see the small things and begin to celebrate the small things. Because revival isn't just and, and, and the whole place blowing up. Re revival looks at like people that never used to pray or beginning to pray, right? To revival looks like people that two years ago never would have come to the altar or at the altar crying this morning, right? A, a revival looks like someone says, I actually prayed for someone in public this week. It terrified me, but I actually did it, right? Revival looks like that, that we read the Bible around our dinner table tonight as a family, even just for five minutes. Revival looks like that I had every reason to get upset this week, but I chose not to get upset this week. Revival looks like something bad happened and saying, you know what, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I'm thinking about you two right now. I take matters into my own hands and I'm going to pray that the Lord move in that particular situation and break it up because he lives inside of me and the prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. I'm, I, 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 a revival begins to look like those things. And so I'm like seeing these things and I'm like, Lord, we are smack dab in revival and, and we're smack dab in the middle of this thing. And it's the most glorious, the most joyful thing that I've ever, ever been part of. And, and, and if I tell someone else this, if I tell another minister or another church this or whatever, and we get phone calls asking what the Lord's doing, and they're like, what's God doing? Everyone says you're in revival. I'm like, oh my goodness, we are. And you start to tell them, and they're like, well, well, uh, how many you run them? And I'll tell them. <laughs> They'll say something like, no, you don't get it. You don't get it because we're starting to get it. You understand? Like, they don't get it. They don't get it because they're like, well, it's going to look like this, and it's going to look like this. Revival isn't so much. It, there are these moments where you have encounters with the Lord, right? You have these encounters with the Lord. You have these sacred moments around the altar with the Lord. But that is an invitation into a lifestyle of intimacy and walking with the Lord all the days of your life. I think we need to redefine what revival is. It's not about, it, I mean, I think part of it is having people line out the door to get in. But more so than that, it's people that have 
had the invitation and said, I'm going to live the lifestyle from this day forward. It's just like March 15th when we got married. That was an invitation into a life with my bride, with April. It's an invitation to walk all the days of my life with her and enjoy her, enjoy her company. And so when the Lord meets you, revival is walking with him in intimacy and in joy and laughter. And what is it? Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what it is, folks. And so, so you can begin as you continue to ask, you begin to see the small things happening all around you and you celebrate those things. (coughs) Oh man. (sighs) Ask and you will receive. Means you'll take a hold of, you'll grab or you'll experience. So that your joy, so that your gladness may be made full, fulfilled, completed, accomplished. It also could mean this, so that your joy may be fully persuaded or so that your joy may be fully assured or so that your joy may be fully convinced. What's that mean? Like that's kind of a weird translation or weird rendering of that word. I think it looks like this. I'm going to ask him, and I'm going to ask him, and I'm going to ask him. I'm going to see him move, and it's going to give me joy. And even when something doesn't work out the way I want it to work, it's not going to steal my joy. That's right. Right? I get the phone call at midnight. It's not going to steal my joy. Midnight phone calls are never good phone calls. I get the bill that I can't afford in the mail, it's not going to steal my joy. I'm fully convinced. (laughs) Yeah, it stinks. (laughs) It stinks, but I'm still going to be joyful. (laughs) It's awful, but you know what? He's good. He's still king. I believe it. I just believe this stuff. His answers begin to complete us and persuade us and fulfill us. And so I just want to end with this thought. 2019, I'm going to make this decree. 2019 will be the year of having. Because 2019 will be the year of asking. We will have because we will ask. May no prayer go unanswered because we have failed to ask. Thanks for listening to this week's message. The goal of River City Hope Church is to provide as many resources as we can for free. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to HopeForRiverCity.com. Again, that's Hope, the number four, RiverCity.com.